Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 119 of the IA Cast. I'm Michael Dois, and this week I'm here with all ladies. I'm outnumbered. <laughs> so we have Aaliyah Dudley. Hello. And Sarah Lanier. Hello. You know, we got to keep you in line somehow. Right. <laughs> keep them so out they of think. trouble. <laughs> so they think. <laughs> so we have a few things of note for this week. Uh, one of them will be a podcast coming to a podcatcher near you, and that is we're doing an unboxing of the 2019 MacBook Pro that I received yesterday after it came out this week. Not I was, that Michael's in love with it or anything. No, not at all. Aaliyah's definitely not. No, no, Aaliyah's really not. So. Honestly, really, really, that's not a joke. Aaliyah's not. <laughs> yeah, Aaliyah really doesn't <laughs> like it at all. No, 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 no. I love it. Yuck. So does it still have the touch bar? Yes. One of the many things I don't love is that touch bar. The other one is the trackpad. And the third one is the keyboard. And the fourth one is the setup process. Uh, But anyway, if you want to hear more about my thoughts on it, listen to the podcast. Anyway, new Macs. New Macs. Yes. Apple came out with new 2019 MacBook Pros this year. For this year. And they are. They're beefy. They are spectacular. (laughs) Did you really have to go there? They really did. Yes. (laughs) And again, we mentioned that we really need to keep you in in line. Impossible. Anyway, these machines... We have to try. These machines (sighs) are mainly geared towards the 15-inch variants. That's where they get the biggest spec updates. Cry. I got the 15-inch with a Intel Core i9 with 8 cores running at 2.3 gigahertz. That's a really snappy machine. And it has a dedicated graphics card. It takes longer to get an app to run than it does for me to build the app. That's kind of crazy. Now, I'm interested to run the specs on this machine compared to the iPad Pros, which are very powerful. Not quite that powerful. Not quite, but my iPad Pro was more powerful than my 15-inch Mac that we're recording on right now. Poor yeah. old Mac. Yes, my, my 2015 uh, MacBook Pro has been relegated to studio machine. At least it still has a job. But the nice thing about these new machines, the 15-inches start at a uh, 6-core i7 with, I believe, uh, 16 gigs of RAM and 256-gig hard drive and a Radeon 550X graphics card. The one I have has a 560, and it could have gone up to a Vega 20. Now, I know nothing about AMD graphics cards, so this is an area I'm going to have to do some research in to see what the comparison is. AMD, those are my initials. Yeah, I don't I don't know much <laughs> about your graphics cards. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Apparently mine's broken. Can you- <laughs> I was about to say, can you enlighten us since since you're initialed? But um, apparently <laughs> we'll have to research that because I know next to nothing about graphics cards, except that when they don't work, it's a real problem. Yeah, sure is. Well, the ones that I typically go with for gaming are NVIDIA chips, but NVIDIA and AMD are two different brands. And AMD has been willing to let Apple do what they would like in letting people get down to the metal, as they call it, to use the metal gaming engine. I do remember that from some of the WWDC demos of late. Yeah, so these machines, they're pricey, 
but you're getting a good Mac and it has touch ID. It works with your Apple watch and there are accessibility features to use the touch bar. I've already enjoyed it using Xcode to run and do different things. It's a very nice addition. Although Aliyah, I know you're going to, you talk about this on the podcast, but voice your opinions on these new Macs and what's wrong with them. I think the main problem I have, other than I personally don't care for the keyboard or the trackpad, just don't, but we're not going to go there. The main problem I have is that when I got my first MacBook Air, uh, back in 2014, I think it was, yes, 2014, the setup process was very smooth. As somebody who was using voiceover for not quite the first time, but certainly not the 15th or 16th time. I I was very inexperienced. I was able to set up the machine with no problems and go on to learn more about it. And I feel like that has changed with these newer Macs. And that's hard for me because some, there are some real bugs, which I go into more depth on the podcast about this, but there are some real bugs in the setup process, some badly labeled images, some badly labeled controls, some badly structured dialogues, and some voiceover focus problems that just make the experience much less magical, as it were. Yeah, and I have to say for me, when I was going through the setup process, I could not have done that with voiceover on my own. I got lost. Because I was setting my machine up all non-visually. Yeah, and the trackpad kept jumping. You really, you were having some problems. So I would like to see that fixed. And I wonder if how much of that they're going to fix in the next version. But the Apple Pay screen was really bad. Yes, yes, it was. It was one of the worst Mac screens I've seen, aside from Marzipan apps. Don't get me started on those. Those are nasty. And even sighted people <laughs> say they're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we watch uh, Rene Ritchie's Vector, and he has a lot of things to say about it. But they apparently have a fourth-generation butterfly keyboard, which, come to find out, uses nylon as the material between the keys to keep dust out. Yeah, and apparently, according to iFixit, this is very recent, apparently, according to iFixit, there may or may not have been some change in the alloy metal used, may or may not be a difference in the heat treatment that was used, but it seems like the biggest change, and again, Apple, um, the biggest change was the change from the, I think it was, was it a composite material to a nylon, and... I seriously hope that's going to do what they want it to do and help block that dust, but I'm worried that it's not. I'm wondering if this change is due to their trying to get their recycled materials and not depending on so much of non-renewable metals initiative or whatever that was. I'm not sure. I do know that the Mac box itself is a giant use of plastic. The inside of the box is completely plastic. The outside is cardboard, but the presentation area where the Mac itself is and the charger is held is all plastic. And something I'm excited about on these bigger machines, the charging adapter that they give you looks just like every other 2015 MacBook Pro, but with USB-C. So it's the same size block and the same ability to add a extender, which I'm very happy about because... That is really nice. Because I can use that block now for 
everything I own, yeah. including my AirPods. That's weird. That's... I would be afraid of frying my AirPods. Well, it, it regulates the power. <laughs> yeah, but yikes. But the fact that you can do that is amazing. Don't make it easy for packing because you only have to pack one thing and you don't have to pack 20 different chargers. Well, if you need more... When you're going to travel. If you need to charge a few things at a time, you do. But Yeah, yeah. Like me, I end up packing several lightning cables and a couple wireless chargers and my watch charger. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have too much tech. What can I say? But I love the way... I, I'm, I'm trying to make the move as much to USB-C as I can. And it's starting to work. But, you know, there's been talk that there's going to be new MacBook Pros again this year. Like a redesign. I don't know that we'll see that this year. Probably next year. And I'm very happy with this one. I'll have to see the new one when they redesign the arrow keys and the whole keyboard. But this one really is a nice Mac. It runs circles around my old one. The speakers are bassy. In fact, sometimes I, I don't know if I like it or if I love it. Yeah, I'm honestly, as somebody who has a 2015 MacBook Pro, I just, I'm waiting. I'm going to hold out for something a bit better, I think, if I can. If I can't, if WWDC comes around and it turns out that my Mac is just going to run so slowly on the new OS or whatever, then yeah, I'll have to look at upgrading. But I, I can't until September, and that'll give me a good time to really evaluate whether it's a good option for me. And right now, I'm really leaning toward not updating yet. And that's that's tough for me to say. I'll be honest. Well, and I still have to test, you know, Bluetooth, how that's changed with newer Bluetooth standards and all that with my headphones. And I'm really excited about that. So we'll see how that goes. But I guess we've talked about this quite a bit. So let's move on to our next news we've topic. We've maxed out. Yeah, we've maxed out the Mac talk. <laughs> <laughs> enough enough apple talk we need to move on to something else <laughs> yeah and that's um exploding right. phones i mean folding phones i mean what oh um unfolding folding unfolding phones. foldy phones um <laughs> unfolding news about folding phones yeah Ugh. the folding phones folded yeah um so, so go ahead alia so samsung is going to be canceling its pre-orders for the samsung galaxy fold on may 31st uh and Best Buy, it seems, has already canceled any pre-orders that it had, including any customers that had pre-ordered through them. And so this is a very interesting thing, and, and it just kind of... Do I think Samsung will come back and introduce something better? Yes, but I think this was just another major pain, like, quality control problem with their devices. And, you know, I hate to bring up fiery phones again but it is it is what it is and i'm sorry if you've had two pretty catastrophic incidents like like that it, it, I, I don't have any sympathy for them yeah i mean i just feel like they can't figure out how to fix this issue with that polymer that's on the screen and until they can do that i don't think that they're going to make this a phone for the masses I think this is something that probably should have stayed in the lab. Let's let's be real. Was it ever a phone for the masses? It was two thousand dollars. It was the phone for the elite people. <laughs> but not even and that. Honestly, go ahead, Sarah. I just I would not want a foldable foldable phone. It just no. I mean, yes, 
I think the phones have gotten too big. I I have a 6S Plus and, and I just, I think it's too big and I would like to have a smaller phone. I really would like to go back to the form factor of say like this, um, the 4 or the 4S. <laughs> you haven't but, seen a 10S Max. <laughs> uh, actually, I did see one and I was, I was like, no way. Um, <laughs> that's not the phone for me. <laughs> um, but I think that a foldable phone, I, I just don't see the market for it. And then when they didn't have a prototype, I mean, we sort of saw the writing on the wall for this one. Yeah. Unfortunately, we kind of did. Well, and they're not the first one to do this. I think Huawei, with all their issues, came out with one. I think that was them. Yeah, I think you're right. And so you may not be able to buy one here, but they did. And so Samsung wanted to beat them to it. Me too. But, you know, Samsung, I've been hearing Samsung's been talking about a foldable phone for years. But I feel like it should have been still talked about instead of done. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that that's kind of our news for, for this week. Interesting stuff. Both involve folding things. And, you know, the reason why people want folding phones is because people love folding things. We've had flip phones. Our notebooks fold. Our binders fold our notebooks our all these things fold so you know humanity as i've heard on other podcasts has this insatiable demand for things that fold and so they've figured why not try to do that with a phone hey we have wallet cases yes (laughs) there are wallet cases for phones that fold so they said well let's make a tablet out of a phone that folds yeah not (laughs) except not Except let's, you know, put this thing that looks like a screen protector on it that people aren't supposed to take off, but they do. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that question is. Maybe more time. So maybe you have that next idea for a folding phone and you want to build it as a website and you want to host it somewhere, but you don't want to deal with the big hosting providers that are out there that may change your code or do things that you don't want them to do to your website. Well, iAccessibility has a hosting plan at $5 a month. You get unlimited email. You get unlimited disk space within reason. You get all of these things that you'd expect from a big hosting provider, but customized to your needs and accessibly done as well. If you install WordPress, we make sure that it's accessible. There's even web design services that we offer to help you get your website off the ground. So you could head to iaccessibility.net to find out more and let us host your website and let us help you build that website. Speaking of websites, that's what our topic is for today. How to build a successful and accessible WordPress website. So, who who on the show has heard of WordPress? I have. I have. <laughs> and of course, Michael has. Cause yeah, he... I kind of know what WordPress is. Only who... kind of? That's I'm kind of scared. Thing. Have any of you yeah, guys built a WordPress website? I am. I have a blog on WordPress. I am working on a couple of different WordPress sites. Um, I've not um necessarily like i've installed wordpress and i've done i've done a lot of what you can do with wordpress but i haven't built my own site as far as something for me specifically so sarah 
Did you get your blog at WordPress.com or WordPress.org? WordPress.com, because I didn't know anything when I was starting to research doing a blog. Um, it was 2014, and I was teaching public school at the time, teaching 7th and 8th grade. My seeing eye dog at the time had suddenly passed away, and I was going back to the seeing eye to train. And I was trying to have a way that my students could connect with me over the summer while I was going through the training process, um, I wanted to show them that teachers still have to go to school too. We have to learn just like they have to learn. And I also wanted them to realize some of what was involved in the training process. And so I was looking for a blog where I could do that, that they would find interesting as well as one that was easy for me to use. And I'd been watching Facebook which I know is not the best source to get my information from. Um, but, you know, when you are limited in your resources, that's what you do. And I was watching Facebook and I, I saw a lot of people, a lot of my friends were using WordPress. Some of them were using Blogspot. And so I went to Blogspot and I looked at it and I went to WordPress and I looked at it and I liked the WordPress site better. And so that's how I ended up at WordPress. Okay. And so are you familiar with the differences between WordPress.com and the .org? No. What about you, Aaliyah? Only sort of. Don't let me like be the authority on this. Okay. So WordPress.com is a system made by the people who have made WordPress called Automatic. Funny thing is there's a car tech company, car-based tech company called Automatic, that makes a little device you plug into your car to get stats. But this is a different company, and they build, uh, they make WordPress. And they have two flavors, WordPress.com, which is their way of allowing you to make a blog quickly. They host everything, they do everything for you, and they also have ways of making money. So that's how they get the money to make WordPress. But basically, it's the same thing. You have WordPress.com and WordPress.org. They're both running on the same engine of WordPress. However, WordPress.org is self-hosted WordPress, which means you have absolute control over everything. Now, there are goods and bads to both. So WordPress.com, the goods are... Everything's taken care of for you, okay? Everything, user registration, spam protection, everything's taken care of for you. You have very good templates that you could pick from, and you have the ability to make changes and add features based on how much you're willing to spend. But again, everything is handled for you. The bad thing is, or the, ba the bad parts of this is, everything is handled for you. So if you want extra features like a shopping cart, you have to use what they offer. If you want to use event-based calendaring systems, you have to use what's there uh, from them. Everything is from them, templates and all. So there's no plugin support. You can't do any of that stuff in WordPress.com. So that's the goods and the bads on the blog as a service, you know, I guess you could call it. Self-hosted lets the wordpress.org lets you get wordpress and install it on a website or a hosting provider that you choose. You know, it's funny that you need wordpress.com account 
a lot of times to work within the the admin portions of the other sites. That's only if you use Jetpack. And there's a lot of other plugins that you can use to circumvent that. I personally just like Jetpack. But they also... it sounds cool. Come on. But they also, (laughs) in Jetpack, have payment plans where you could get more features. Yes, yes, they do. And they try very hard to get you into those payment plans. Yes, they do. (laughs) I was troubleshooting an issue on a site the other day, and like I had to go link my WordPress.com account to the site, and I was just, it kept, would you like to upgrade? Would you like to? No, stop it. Select a plan. Select a plan. Select a plan. Select this really expensive plan. We really would like you to. How about no? (laughs) So. That's what I said. Yeah. I said, continue for free button. (laughs) (laughs) And you get a lot of features for that. But the nice thing about the, the other good things are you can install plugins and create your own plugins through programming if you so choose. WordPress is a very powerful platform to do whatever you want it to do. And it's open source, so you could change the code and do whatever you want to with it. Just remember, when they update it, your updates will go away. Yay. So the other thing that's nice is you could go all the way through your templates and say, this is not accessible or this and this is not uh, acceptable at all. So you could change everything you want to make your website yours. Yeah, which is really nice because... You know, some of these themes, um, for example, like... Are confusing. Well, they're confusing. And if you are designing a website and you get one of the themes and it could be really accessible and really usable and really great, and then all of a sudden there's an unlabeled button somewhere. So along with emailing the developer and saying, hey, uh, fix your button, <laughs> please, pretty please, um, you can... Go in and fix it without having to wait on the developer. You can fix it for yourself. It won't fix it for anybody else, but you can you can fix it for your for your site. As long as you do it right, that way the, when the updates come, you won't pull your hair out. So today's episode is actually how to set up a WordPress.org website from the ground up. Ooh, that's kind of scary. <laughs> Uh, Should I be taking notes? Maybe. If you'd like to. It's, it's a good you know, way to learn about it. Now, before we get to that, let me talk about the bad things about this. And we experienced this at iaccessibility.net. <laughs> Spam. Yeah, with a capital S-P-A-M. If you allow for any kind of account creation through the default WordPress login system, you will get people tra- registering for accounts that are not real people. And so we'll talk about later on some ways to get around that. But and some of those usernames can be a little um risque. Risque. <laughs> so you don't say. Yeah. So it's very useful to uh know what you're going to do for your website. And we'll get to that. But the other bad thing is it is more work because you do have to make sure you keep your site and plugins up to date and that you know how to set up a WordPress website and that you keep track of it. Right. And we'll we'll get to that. What are you going to say, Leah? I was just going to say, like, for me, some of the new features that WordPress released in, in WordPress 5.2 helped me um, as somebody who, you know, I could never know everything there is to know about web design. You just can't because things change so much. So I was having a problem with a site where <laughs> I I did finally find the source of the issue and fixed it, but the site was giving me a white screen of death. 
and which is an indicator of memory issues. But with WordPress 5.2, for me, it it generated an email, which it sent to me, telling me where the error was, kind of what the error was and where it was found. Um, it did reference some lines of code that weren't important, but it kind of helped to let me know, hey, whoa, site's down. Need to and this it. is why. Yeah. And so this also through Jetpack has some downtime monitoring um, that they can email you about as well. That And that Jetpack is a, is a plugin that you can use. And it was very helpful yesterday when we were discovering that a change that we made on the site um, caused it to break very spectacularly. <laughs> so, um, you know, these things are helpful. And going through the settings and especially if you have backups, um, I'm not saying go in and blindly press buttons, but looking at all the settings and seeing how powerful these tools are and these management tools. And for somebody like me who's really busy, who may be working on multiple sites, having those emails come to me if something does go wrong is really, really helpful. And so go through the settings and get really familiar with that control panel and everything that it can do for you. And a lot of things, not all of them, but a lot of things are in plain not quite plain English. There are some geek speak, but not like incredibly crazy, difficult to understand things. And a lot of things are searchable. If you see something you don't understand, Google is your friend. Because there are a lot of people out there who have done this before. You can look at articles and questions and different things and find out what's going on. It's really, really amazing how much information is out there. So I just, all that to say, don't be afraid of going and doing this. You know, anybody can do it, really. I, I truly believe that. With the proper determination and education, anybody can build a website. Well, and, and that's the, the case. And you don't just have to resort to WordPress.com because you say, well, I don't know how to do this, so I'm just going to use the basics. And that's fine if you just want to get a quick blog out there. But if you want to have more control, make it more of your personal touch, then WordPress.org is the way to go. So how do we get started? Well, we need a place to put it. You need a place to put it and you need a web address. Right. So you need a web address and I highly recommend getting a domain and that is when you hear www or whatever.com. And that is a domain. So like ours is iaccessibility.net. We have other ones like beyondthegallery.app. So, Michael, it might be helpful to explain the different um, dot, .com, .net, .org. Sure. What those things mean. So, a, when you he so here's how a web address works. Let's go through that. When you hear HTTP or HTTPS, that means the protocol. So it means Hypertext Transfer Protocol or Hypertext Transfer Protocol Secure. That's when you're sending HTML between, you know, you're talking to a web browser and a server. One's secure, one's not. And then you have the actual domain. So iAccessibility, Microsoft, Google. That's where you get identified. And then you have what's called a top-level domain, or TLD for short. And that's .com, .net, .org, .biz, .tech, .me, 
and so on. And those dot dog. I actually think there is a dot dog. <laughs> so each one is priced differently per year. You basically are paying for your license per year, and you do that through what's called a domain registrar. We use one called Hover, so that's hover.com. Another one a lot of people like is Namecheap, and there's GoDaddy has them, but I recommend going through Namecheap or Hover, personally. But those options are out there, so look up which one you prefer. I, I prefer Hover or Namecheap. Both are fairly accessible websites for registering your domain, and you can manage all your domains and uh, their services and all those things. So you register your domain. You pick the one that's best for your brand. Now what? You got to put something there. I mean, if you if you go to the if you go to the domain and you're not going to get anything. Right. You can register a domain, and a lot of people do this, guys. They will register domains and and they wait for someone to buy it. Yeah, they'll they'll poach it. They'll just stay there and keep it, and they'll wait for somebody to buy it. And that's normally about two thousand or more. It gets ridiculous. We tried to buy iaccessibility.com, but uh, I was not about to pay that price for that. And somebody else bought it and made another company with the same name as us. But the difference is uh, we bought the .NET domain. So we own iaccessibility.net and we renew every year. You can change it where you buy your domain for every three years, every five years, however long you want. So basically that ties up that domain for that amount of time. Now, if you are buying a new domain, let me tell you, make sure you renew that thing before it expires because there are bots and all kinds of things looking for domains that were active that will buy it up to get you to pay for it or to get somebody else to pay for it. And they will put ad spots all over that domain. I've had it happen. So we've bought our domain and now we need to find a place to put our WordPress website. So that's where you go to find a hosting company. So some companies that you might consider for one, iAccessibility, we have great WordPress web hosting, but also, you know, there's some people like Bluehost. I'm not as big a fan uh, now that I've seen how they do some of their WordPress stuff. There's uh, GoDaddy, and there's HostGator, and there's also... What was the one I was thinking of? Does Go- Lipscomb still do that? What's that? Lipscomb. Yeah, I know they. a lot of people used to use them to host podcasts. I didn't know if they did Libsyn? web hosting or not. Yeah. Lipson. No, they only do podcasting. Okay. Uh, they don't really do your... They will do a website for you, but it is not WordPress. Uh, there is one called DreamHost that is also pretty good. Also, if you are daring, you can get your own server and set up what's called a Linode. And that's a very powerful way of setting up WordPress as well. Basically, with that, you're setting it up from the ground up. So you will need coding knowledge and developer experience to do that. So we've picked our hosting company. We've picked our hosting plan, which is basically how much space we have, how much bandwidth we're allotted, and... Any of the basic plans for starting out WordPress site are fine. And then we have to go up and connect them. So typically what we do once we buy our web hosting, we go back to Hover or Namecheap or wherever we bought our domain, and we point what are called name servers to the new website. 
So your hosting company will give you these name servers that look like ns1.dreamhost.com or ns1.iaccessibility.net. And there's like four of those. And you point them to your domain. You tell your domain to look there for information. And it's kind of like yellow pages. Where do I get information about where I'm going to send people? And once you do that, you're, you're ready to go. It's pointed at your website. And then you still have nothing on your website. So on to the next step. What we have to do next is we have to install WordPress. And there's a few ways we could do that. So we use a system called cPanel, and a lot of hosting providers do as well. And a lot of times they'll install a module that allows us to do what's called one-click installs. And these are amazing. One-click, and then you, like, you click on WordPress, and then you go and put in your username, password, and all that information. Or there's other programs. Ours is called Softaculous, but there's a lot of others out there. So check with your hosting provider to determine which one they use. But once you do that, you put in your username and password, and bingo, it sets it up all for you. If It's they... really smooth. Like, I, I just did this recently on a site, and it's super smooth. It's just click, click, type something, done. It's, it's amazing. You would think that with so much, like, powerful software and things like this, it would take forever or be really complex. No, it's not. And it's very well guided. It's very easy to do. And they have programs for Drupal and Joomla and other websites that you can install on your on your domains as well. Now, if you don't, then if you don't have that kind of feature, you have to do a bit more of a basic install or a, a manual install. And basically what that means is you're going to need a software called an FTP client FTP stands for File Transfer Protocol. You'll then go and download WordPress from WordPress.org. So some of the popular FTP clients, um, like Transmit on the Mac, works well. Uh, WinSCP on Windows. You can also, I think you can, can't you do FTP through File Explorer? Yes, it works somewhat. Yeah. FileZilla works, potentially. And there's a lot of other clients that you can get. So basically, you'll get you'll log into your web host, get your FTP username and password. Typically, it's the same as when you log into your web hosting. And then what you're going to do is find the like www or public HTML folder, and you're going to copy and paste the contents of what they sent you from WordPress into that folder. Okay. I know that sounds difficult, but that's that's what you're looking at when you start some basic web design. Now, what you have to do is you have to go into your web host manager and create a database in username and password. This can be done with um, you know in cPanel. Most of these services use cPanel, but they offer very smooth user interfaces to do this. And keep in mind, guys, this is a worst case scenario. Most of your web host companies will do one click installs of WordPress. So I would keep that in mind, but just pay attention to this because this is how we do a, a full setup of WordPress. So once you go and you upload the WordPress, you put in, you find your database, you create it, create a username and password, and then you keep track of that. And I think there might be a WordPress installer script you can run, but there's also in, if you FTP in, there's a WordPress wp-config.php file, and in there, it's basically just a text file, and you could add your username, password, and database credentials into that file at a certain place, and it will tell you where to add it and how to do it. You do that, 
save it, put it back on the server in the same place, and go to your website, and voila, you have WordPress. So I know what we've just said may be really over the top and crazy, maybe really confusing, but the good news is that there are a lot of resources out there for you if you are just getting started. And we're going to have a lot of information in the show notes that you can use to find all the information. We're going to have some supplemental articles that will kind of walk you through some of these things and define them a little more clearly because honestly, we could do we could go on about this for 3 hours and not be done. So but basically it's a way it's how how we can help you get started with WordPress. And again, that was a worst case scenario. It was what happens if your provider doesn't allow you to use some great tools. But most of them, if you're just getting started with with a self-hosted WordPress, wordpress.org, they automate all of this stuff for you. Even us at iAccessibility, we're small. We automate it. So, you know, like I said, iAccessibility is small, and we offer ways to automate the installation of WordPress. So there's no reason for a hosting company not to give you this ability. Now, there are sometimes if you're an advanced user, you may, you may want to edit your config files and do all these things. But I'm a I'm a web developer. I'm not going to do a manual install of WordPress if I don't have to. So well, I think as a beginner knowing that I have the support of the iAccessibility community and also knowing that I can reach out if I have questions and find resources, this wouldn't be too undaunting to attempt. Well, and that's the thing with any task using the computer. Typically, somebody's already done it. So the nice thing is there's so many web pages, like for web development and any kind of development, there's Stack Overflow where people have asked questions on how to do things. And if it's not there, you can ask your own question on how to do it. And so there's so many resources out there to figure out how to do these things. You're never alone when you're doing computer work. You know, there's a lot of different degrees and a lot of different fields of work that information is not always readily available for. But anything on a computer is very open and people are very willing to share that information. So much of my programming knowledge I know from going to Stack Overflow to look up how to do a certain task in code. So use those resources and and take advantage of them. So what do we do after WordPress is installed? Now it's time to configure. Well, you need a theme. You need a theme first. Well, how do I decide on a good theme? I mean... Sometimes the descriptions of the themes are lacking for a better way of putting it. They are. And a few ways to do that is the best place to go look for themes is WordPress.org. They have a category for themes. And you could go onto that website and they even have a category for accessibility ready themes, which is really cool. Don't make me get on my soapbox and say that all of them should be. What? Oh, mm, no. Stopping. Well, in a perfect world. In a perfect world. Well, and even all the themes in there are not necessarily WCAG 2.1 compliant. Nope. They just have been tested, or so they say, with a screen reader. Yeah, so, like, one of mine that I that I like working with is Avada, and it, it works fairly well. There are some things that you need to customize within it to fix menus and, and things like that, but isn't it in that category, Michael? Yeah, um, actually, Avada is not on 
the uh, themes list. Really? No, because it's a paid theme. Ah. And so all their themes there are typically free with a pro version that you could activate. So one that we've used in the past and RS Games uses is called Customizer. So customize uh, without the E and then R. So there's a lot of different themes. The problem is a lot of those themes that are there, you have to highly configure for them to look good. And I, as a design, as a person that likes a, a nice looking theme, some of them just do not work for me for a tech website. So I have to go out and venture elsewhere to find good accessible themes. But the nice thing is with their website, with WordPress.org, um, you can preview the theme and see how well it works with your screen reader. So once you find a theme you like, typically what you can do is you can actually go into your website. So to get to the configuration, you would go to yourwebsite.com or wherever slash wp-admin, and that will bring you to the login page. You log in with the account you created at startup when you created your WordPress install, and you log into there and you go to the appearance and then themes section. You'll then go to add new, and then you can search for or upload a theme that you have. And this the search that they have there is actually for themes at wordpress.org. So you pick a theme, you activate it, and then you go and you look at your website. And then you have to go and configure the theme through the appearance, then customize section. Or if you have a theme that doesn't use that, it may have its own theme options category. So you have your theme. You've gone through, you've set up your site title, you have your theme, you have things starting to look the way you want. Now what? Now we have to set up plugins. And plugins add features to our website. So there's a plugin built in called Akismet, which is a spam blocker. Always turn that on. And some other plugins that we use are as follows. We use um, AMP, which is accelerated mobile pages for showing uh, or for showing web pages on a mobile device. So there's AMP. We use that one. We use uh, Yoast. Y-O-A-S-T-S-E-O -S -S -E for search engine optimization. Hey, that's toast with a typo. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> it's either Y-O-S-T or Y-O-A-S-T. I think it's got an A in it. Um, it's one of the best WordPress plugins you can get. I highly recommend it. We use Jetpack, which we've talked about earlier in the show. We use... So what is Jetpack meant for? Like, we've talked about it, but I don't think we've ever defined what it's so used for. So, Jetpack is a plugin. Yeah, I don't think we did. Jetpack is a plugin to integrate with WordPress.com to use their services on your site. So, one of the things that I love is they have sharing options. So, they add sharing buttons to your website, and they also add the ability to tweet or send out through to your Facebook page any posts that you uh, send. They also do security uh, scans, the downtime monitoring, and several other services as well. Now, I know on the WordPress.com side of things, they recently had an argument with Facebook, I guess, for lack of a better way of explaining it. And so now it doesn't automatically share with Facebook when you make a post. That's sad. That is. It's very sad because that's how a lot of my friends kept up with the blog. They didn't actually go to the blog itself. Yeah, I used they to have kept a blog up with that it that. through the Facebook web page. Yeah. You know. Um so now you have to actually go. It's not terribly difficult. It's just annoying um and time consuming 
because now you have to actually go to the um, the the easiest and most accessible way I found to do it is to go to the WhatsApp, uh, not WhatsApp, <clears throat> uh, to the WordPress app and share the post via the share sheet. You could do that, or the share. Bu- well, I guess they don't have share buttons on their on your site for Facebook, do they? They took it away. It used to be there. We're going to have to look but, into that um, and see if they took it out of Jetpack as well. Yeah, because now that I think about it, we haven't been getting our shares on. Like we used to have a lot of shares on off of our Facebook page, and I'm not, I've not seen it. Yeah, we're gonna have to look into. I want to say this happened like around November, but I oh, may no, have we've my had them since dates. then. No, or maybe huh. I don't remember exactly what. I don't remember the date, but I do remember that it's been within the last six months or so. Interesting. So. These are those are a few plugins. We also use uh, we use one called Publish to Apple News, which sends all of our content to Apple News. We use Blueberry PowerPress to put up our podcasts. We use uh, BB Press for our forums, and we use currently Easy Digital Downloads for making downloads for like Mudability and other apps that we've made. And we've we take out and put in plugins as they're useful. But the one thing you don't want to do is to leave plugins on your website that you're not using. If you're not using them, make sure to deactivate and remove them. Yeah, because they can be memory hogs. <clears throat> As we found out that that was one of the causes of the white screen of death that I was getting was an excess of plugins from old stuff that wasn't being used on that site anymore before I was even running it. So <laughs> we had to go remove those. So WordPress is... An extremely easy platform. Oh, one of the plugins that you need if you're a blind user is called Classic Editor. And what this lets you do is it it lets you use the original WordPress editor called TinyMCE instead of the Gutenberg editor that they added in WordPress 5. No blocks. It is not as accessible as the Classic Editor. So I highly recommend that. that. Those blocks are nasty and weird. I don't... No. I personally like the Gutenberg editor. Yeah, but of course you do. You got eyeballs. Well, it allows <laughs> you to do more. There's more things that you can do with it, unfortunately. Yeah, like that... embedding pictures and such? And, well, you could do cover pages. You could do a lot of different things that you could not do with the classic editor. Just grr. That's all I'm saying. And I have a feeling WordPress will make this more accessible over time. It's just they wanted to get it out. Yes, and it never should have been, like, there was a big blow up on Twitter, and I kind of agree with this stuff, is that it never should have been released if it wasn't accessible. It just, no. And because WordPress has always been so accessible to work in and and do things with, and then they did that. So you have your website going, you have the, you've got the images that you want, you've gotten everything in place, now what? It's time to make a new post. And so you could do that from the admin panel, or there's a new button on every page when you're logged in. And so you go to new, and you can start typing your, your blog head, the headline, the title, and then the post. And the nice thing about this is, it is meant to where you could write this in Word or your text editor of choice, and then paste it into the WordPress editor. It'll hold on to your headings and links, too, if you've done those in Word. It will hold them and and transfer them over, which is very nice. And the post screen will change as you add plugins. So Yoast SEO will change this. 
Uh, Blueberry PowerPress will add the option to upload a podcast and so on. Usually those are at headings as well, making it very easy to navigate around through the post page. It can get very large and busy. Um, Haha, Mac joke. Um, It can get very big (laughs) and uh, full of stuff. So most things are going to be at headings. Each section of the page is going to be at a heading. Whether that's level two or level three, it just depends on the section you're looking for. And like Aaliyah said, we can go on for a while about more things that you could do, but I feel like this is a very good start to getting into WordPress. Do you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap up today? No, I think I think I would encourage folks who are having questions about developing their first site or just curious about things, join our communities. There's a big WhatsApp button on our site. You can join the uh, WhatsApp group that way or our Slack community, iaccessibility.net slash Slack. We are here to help you. You know, if you have questions about building a site, you know, come talk to us. Email us at feedback at iaccessibility.net. That works too. Yep. We're always available. Sarah, now that you've heard more about the self-hosted WordPress. What are your thoughts compared to what you've used at WordPress.com? I I like the idea. Um, and when I, when I have time that I'm not waist deep in dissertation, I will probably look more seriously into it because it does seem that you have a little bit more control over posting. My last few blog entries I did. I actually had a friend edit for me because I wanted to embed pictures in them. And obviously I wanted the picture to be oriented correctly and the text to be oriented so that it was visually appealing. And obviously I have issues checking that myself. So she volunteered the eyeballs and I volunteered the administrative privileges. Um, So I do like the idea of some of the plugins and that. So it's definitely something that I want to research more and look into more seriously um, than I did the first time around. Okay. Well, Aliyah, do you have any final comments? I don't think so. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap us up for our main show topics. So now we have our closing bit where we'd have our picks and uh, we'll, let it go for the for the week. So, Sarah, what's your pick of the week and where can people find you online? Well, um, I'm going to pick my blog. <laughs> Since I referenced it so much in this episode, I would feel um, kind of silly if I didn't tell people where they could go and read up on it and um, comment and whatnot. So it's sitelessinsight.wordpress.com and there will be a link to that in the show notes. And people can find me uh, producing content at iAccessibility and you can email me at sarah um, sarah at iaccessibility.net or you can follow me on Twitter at bioinstructor. Um, just make sure you send me a message because I do have to approve followers. <laughs> Including your shepherd, apparently. In- including my car. Yes, my car has commented. <laughs> All right. Aliyah, what's your pick and where can people find you? My pick for this week is going to be a tiny little device that you can hook onto a pair of glasses, and that is the Orcam. We did an unbox cast of this recently, and it is a very interesting little device. And I actually found, you know, kind of a nerdy little application for this, um, is that I was able to read 
signs out a car window while riding back from a doctor's appointment this week. So I thought that was really cool. It's a scanning and reading device that you can use. Um, it will give you access to many, many things, um, printed materials. You can point at things. It will also do color and bill recognition and uh, things like that. And barcodes as well, I believe. So if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A, at iAccessibility.net. And you can follow me on Twitter at BlindCowGirl199. And I would like to point out that uh, Aaliyah's pick cost nearly almost twice of what mine is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's much smaller. <laughs> All right, my pick for this week is my new MacBook Pro that I got. I'm loving this machine. Um, as a developer, whenever I press the run button, whether it be on the touch bar or on the screen, it takes longer for the phone to start up the app than it does for me to build the app. So it's incredible. I'm really loving this computer. I really kind of felt like the Mac line was dying because of, I guess how things ran on my 2015 Mac, but I'm really impressed with this. Um, the sound is great. The graphics are great. It's just a nice device. And uh, so 2019 MacBook Pro, and I'm even getting used to the keyboard, which is crazy. <laughs> I really want to go see one of these now. They're very interesting. If you want to get a hold of me, you can by emailing Mike Doeys. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. I'm Mike Doeys on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook just by searching for Michael Doeys. And I'm all over the web. You can find me at Beyond the Gallery and MichaelDoeys.com. So everywhere online. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the IA Cast. Stay tuned for next week for another episode. And we're also around in our WhatsApp group. So head to our website and find the WhatsApp link. And we're also at our Slack channel. So head to iAccessibility.net slash Slack. And if you do need the link for logging back in on your computer, it's iAccessibilitySlack.slack.com. That's just ours is a link to get to that. But sometimes I do ask you for uh, logging in the actual um, Slack.com link. So that's what it is. And so that's it. And um, that's how you can get a hold of us. And also other methods will be in our closing Theme, so stay tuned for that and we hope to see you next time on the II cast. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. This show has been brought to you by the IA Cast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iAccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iAccessibility1. Facebook? Search for iAccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android. And keep up with all of our content at iAccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website. And get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com slash IACast. Thanks for listening. Copyright 2019, iAccessibility, LLC.